thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on the range point four. This is control. Be reasonable. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Welcome pilots, you've tuned to the guard frequency because as all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 275 of the Best Damn Space Sim podcast ever, recorded on Friday, September 13th, and made available for download on Tuesday, September 17th, 2019, over at guardfrequency.com. I'm Jeff. I'm Henry. And I'm Tony. And this week's streaming services are brought to you by Henry NetWeber Tubes, right Jeff? That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, Guard Frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at GuardFrequency.com and Discord.GuardFrequency.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at GuardFreak. Your feedback's an important part of what we do, so hit us up and tell us what's on your mind. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows at Feeds.GuardFrequency.com or by searching for us on iTunes. If you're not doing anything on Friday night, come on over at about 10.30 p.m. Central as we record Guard Frequency Live over at Twitch.tv forward slash GuardFreak. Do you like what we do? Want to help us make the best damn Space Sim podcast ever? You can always support the show by visiting our website, clicking on that Patreon logo, and becoming a regular subscriber. We want to thank all our Patreons who support us week on week. We hope you'll consider joining them, because the more support we get, the better show we can make. Just head over to our website and click on the big Patreon logo to help out. And don't forget about our sister productions, Priority One and Heroes Rise. Priority One covers all things Star Trek, from the TV series to the MMO, the novels, the movies, and everything in between. Be sure to check them out at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com to discover their secrets. And the housekeeping's done, so let's get to the show. What do we got in store this week, Jeff? Well, Tony, in this week's flight deck, we bring you all the headlines from Simulated Space, including the latest news from, you guessed it, Elite Dangerous, Star Citizen, and Rebel Galaxy Outlaw. Next, we'll get the news from the Deep Black with Spencer McDunn on Galactic Public Radio. After that, we continue our audio adventure, Guard Frequency Origins, filled with green checkers and called balls. Finally, we open up the feedback loop and let you join in on the fun. Lace up your booties, campers. It's time to head out to the flight deck. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach. Checkers green, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Here are the top news bits from the world of Space Sims. Frontier Developments had a live stream reveal of the September update, including details on the new ARC currency and a playthrough of the new training mission. Some people were underwhelmed, but in all fairness, they did warn us it would be underwhelming. CIG updated their roadmaps for Squadron 42 and Star Citizen and talked about caves and ships. And it turns out that Guard Frequency isn't the only place that gives out free 90-day delay passes. Rebel Galaxy Outlaw released their updated roadmap. First stop, consoles, then a bathroom break at mod kit support, and then I think we'll stay overnight at DLCs. So uh, Rebel Galaxy has uh, has big plans for uh, their post-release situation. They've said they've patched the game 27 times. 
since their uh, beta release to some streamers uh, and other fans of the game. So, and after 27 patches, they uh, plan to do it one more time in the end of September or in the next few days, and then they're going to leave it for their next uh, projects, uh, which would be PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and probably they say they'll they'll likely, if there's any sort of new issues, quality of life or whatever they find there, they'll probably bring those over to PC uh, later on. Uh, and then they plan on doing uh, some DLC with more ships, but that'll be way on down the road, pretty much. Um, you know, they've got other things to do first. A mod kit, they uh, look at to do that, uh, but that's early 2020 is their optimistic sort of uh, guess for that. And then about a year, uh, well, a, a year after launch, their exclusivity period with Epic will expire and then probably they'll move on to the DLCs and possibly uh, an Xbox version after that but that's only a potential and it is at that point that I will buy it because I was waiting to I had to play No Man's Sky because it really same time so you played Rebel Galaxy I played No Man's Sky and you didn't sound very thrilled about Rebel Galaxy so I didn't bother yet figured I'd wait till uh, I could get it on Steam where I want it I think I mean I think Heart and soul. This game, I think, is a console game. I mean, I think you know what what we grew up with as far as Wing Commander and X Wing versus Tie Fighter and all kind of stuff. That is more of a console experience in the modern age. I think 2D. I mean, I mean, it's a 3D game, obviously, but it's presented and optimized in sort of a 2D environment with the overlay up front and the action happening outside. You know, I, I and I and I and the the, the it's not really button mashy, but the simplified controls and everything, it really all just lends itself to a console experience. Uh, and I think that that's how it was developed. And I think that releasing it on PC was probably a tactical move and a smart move for them. One, to get the Epic exclusivity money. And then also, two, because you can patch bugs and push releases faster without having to go through console Q&A. So they can iterate on it quickly, fix problems, and uh, and and get those things ironed out, and then move on to console where stuff's a little more glacial. With all those updates, Tony, have things improved with those updates? Because he said they've passed it what twenty-seven times. Yeah. Have you yeah, played no, it twenty-seven I, times? I have not played it twenty-seven times. Uh, uh, basically, my son has beat it at least once, and I think he might have beat it a second time too. Hmm. He, he he was playing it through those patches. And yeah, he said that uh, he said there were some noticeable differences about stuff, but a lot of it was quality of life things. He made the specific point to me that he was disappointed there were only five ships, uh, and that's not going to be something that's going to be fixed anytime soon, apparently. But it'll come as a later module and so, DLC, apparently. So maybe paid. Uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, uh, it does. It sounds to me more like though that it's, there's going to be a mix. Hmm. I mean, he didn't. It's not specific, and I mean I, that's probably smart. But it's once you're done with getting a ship, it's there's not a whole lot of other point to the game except to the, you know to play the storyline if you're interested. And not everybody is. I mean, it's it's an okay story, but it's you know it's it, it's you know it's it's, it's tropey. Not really. I mean, I don't know how I don't know how to describe it. But it's 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 the fun of this game, the replayability of the game, is going to be the whole. 
drop it in for 30 minutes, go blow some up some bad guys, take some missions, tinker with your ship, paint it nicer, buy the upgraded weapons. If you can have a, a an extended gameplay loop that includes bigger, better ships, more niche ships, and, and then missions that uh, play to those different niche uh, ship strengths, you get you get a better re- replayability factor out of it. And I think that's when you have a DLC pack that has missions that play to ship strengths, I think the, co- the combination will be how they make the game last longer. Uh, I think you need that combination. But I think it would also be smart of them to drop some additional ships while we wait so that people get the idea, you know, or get into the, the habit of filling out, you know, uh, taking a, uh, buying a new ship for a particular role and, and going that way. Jeff, uh, did you want to chime in on uh, Rebel Galaxy getting better with the patches? Rebel Galaxy is a interesting kind of little um, space sim because, I, you know, when I remember the worlds of X-Wing and, and Wing Commander, they kept me glued to my seat pretty much and I wanted to continue on and, and, and do. But, you know, I played several hours and then I just stopped playing because it just got it was a repetition of the same stuff over and over again I think that's what Tony's saying was cool though as long as you could continue to progress with that repetition um, and maybe that's what's missing so yeah, yeah. Dri- driving it into those different niches right I mean once you had once you figured out the cargo gameplay and you've got your cargo ship maxed out you know, I don't really like cargo anymore. Okay, then when they get a, I get the fighter. Well, okay, I get the fighter now. That and the story missions seem to diverge, and you don't know which way you're going or 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 what's next. I I I, I like um, you know story missions to be the main focus, with side missions being you know something that you might want to do, but there doesn't seem to be a, a you don't know which way you're going. Um, to me, it, it doesn't seem like it, you're, you're, am I doing a story mission? Am I doing a side mission? They just are there. You're saying, you're saying it felt a little schizophrenic to yeah. you. Like it didn't, it didn't know if it wanted to be a story game or if it wanted to be a sandbox, go which right. door you want to go kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's a fair criticism. I think you, you can see the trap. We, I mean, we've heard this a dozen times before though. You know, if you make the story missions, people burn through them so fast you can't possibly keep up. So you got to pad it or fill it out with the random world missions, right? So it's 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 a it's a fine line to walk if you're trying to develop content for a, a game that you want to last for a couple years. Well, let's turn from one roadmap and turn on to a different roadmap, a different map taking us to a different place in a different universe known as Star Citizen. Uh, they've updated their roadmaps again with the, with additional footnotes and whatnot. Um, one of the things that is nearing completion uh, that they focused on this week are the is the cave system. I don't know if any of you uh, if either of you gents uh, followed any of that uh, this week with the caves and the inside Star Citizen. No, not really. Caves. No, did... I missed the Star Citizen stuff, so you have to let me know. You know, this is space. I'm not really interested in caves. I am. I think it's going to be cool. Well, tell me about it, Tony. I, I mean, they're caves. Um, they're, they, they get again with inside Star Citizen. They're taking you into the ha, the depths. <laughs> unless, of, a, uh, unless of, a big sandworm type creature is going to come out and try to. Well, it's, it's funny you say that. I'll, yeah, that's funny you mentioned that because I'll get to that here in just a second. But, uh, <laughs> but they, uh, 
they they go through well there's different audio considerations you have to have and then you know it's a procedurally generated cave but all the different rooms we have to make sure we have to hook them together all you know all the intricacies of how to try to make this sort of thing work in elite dangerous there are no caves on any of the planets and exploration feels barren well, and, right, and like, be, well, and because the procedural generation of it is very difficult, right? I mean, it's hard to make a hole in something that's supposed to be solid and have it work properly. So, uh, and the way that they're doing it, the way that they showed they were doing it, it's almost like it's yeah, they're procedurally generated, but they're having to tweak the procedural generation so much that it's 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 it's, it's tough to do. So they showed all this stuff. They said there were two types of caves and I forget what the or sorry there are two types of caves that they're sort of showing off and I forget exactly what they were but they sort of like oh but there's a third one that we're not telling you about ha 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 and the first thing I thought was oh that's where the sandworm went <laughs> so you know you're, 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 the third type of special cave is it actually is a sandworm that you go you know you walk in like Star Wars and go right oh, it's too, which is too wet which is you know scientifically impossible but you know uh, yeah. yes but they do like to do a little bit of fan service here and there here and there sure that's why uh, we have ships from all kinds of games and, and, and yeah <laughs> well and one of the yeah there's the there's the uh there's elite dangerous game uh, ships and there's yeah, anyway um the, but the, one of the quasi controversial whatever the thing was on you know the me looking for stuff to talk about on reddit uh, the the some people are saying there's the lighting is odd because there's they're putting like a volumetric, almost a, like a volumetric mist or something in there that is a light source. I'm not exactly all sure about it, but I was like, oh well, yeah, it's like the like the mist in the Minoc cave in Empire Strikes Back. That would make total sense. You'd want to have a bunch of mist in there when when the sandworm when the thing turns into a sandworm and tries to eat you. So I think it's it's making a whole lot of sense. Uh, but that's just wild speculation at this point uh, at this point but that's what we do week in week out make wild speculation the other thing they had on there was there's a, a ship uh contest ship showdown yeah ship showdown they're yeah, gonna start so that again vote for your favorite ship everybody <laughs> yeah then the uh want to touch on the roadmaps again real quick i'm not going to turn it into a soliloquy uh like we did last time because one for one thing ken shadow's not here to argue with me um but uh, they did update their roadmaps again. A lot of more things got moved around and moved back. Uh, so, like, mission givers are now back to 3.9 or 4.0. The whole C is now off the map entirely. It's off the roadmap entirely. They just took it off. Yes, but but uh, Cutlass Blue made it in. Cutlass Red is still on track. Cutlass Blue got pushed back. Uh, and oh, yeah. uh, get ship, yeah, ship to ship docking has been also removed from the roadmap entirely. So I mean, it uh, on the one hand, oh yeah, this is where this is where Tony gets the ac- accusation of doom and gloom and all that kind of stuff. But this is the sort of thing that you would expect during the last crunch. It's like we're just not going to have time to get that done. So it, it gets dropped. Well, they you know, did go, give the explanations like the ship to ship stuff. It, it's a technical issue that they're, uh, you know, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, which I can understand. I mean, uh, the the ship to ship docking, I'm, I'm probably not even thinking of the of, of uh, small ships. But, you know, like if I if we brought our 
our guard frequency rescue cutlass read in and we want needed to dock to the to the uh you know there's some technical achievements there that have to have to pass right. and they're just not probably just not going to get done or they they've been shoved down to the priority to a lower much lower priority level because they got so many bigger fish to fry i mean they squadron 4 if it's not if they're i'm if it's not needed for a current mission being built in squadron 42 right now it's getting cut. Well, and, so that, and that's the way is, it should this be. This does not surprise me. That's well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but why it hasn't been cut until now, I mean, this, it looks like this is now they're getting to the crunchy crunch time where it's like, well, that's I, out, that's I out, think that's if they're out. Devel- I think if they're developing side by side with a game, you know, and the persistent universe, they get to a point where uh, where this pro- this part has to progress forward and this one takes a back seat, uh, giving the technical aspects of the game. Um, I, I don't exp- I, at some point that that development has to start gapping a lot and that's to be expected and and when those things fall out they fall back and when they fall back they get left behind and that's no that's they're not the, going to get left behind I think yeah they yeah they are I think they're just putting them until they get the till they get to the needed release point of squadron 42 and then they'll go back and pick up where they left off well, yeah after the release of Squadron 42 and probably the Squadron 42 Chapter 2. And, and you know, I, again, I mean, I, I, we're seeing a definite, whereas before we paid lip service to the idea that, or they paid lip service to the idea that Squadron 42 is getting the priority, I think now it's really coming down to crunch time. It's, they're, they're really, they're finally starting to uh, empty out uh, the cargo base to lighten the load, so to speak. They're chucking stuff out the airlock going, don't need that, don't need that, don't need that, go faster, go faster, go faster. Uh, I think that's what we're starting to see here. Which brings me around to my my overall point is that I'm wondering how helpful or useful the roadmap is at all at this point. Because what's going to, I mean, what what's going to happen over the next, you know, year or so is stuff's going to fall off. Star Citizen features are going to take us definitely a second seat second fiddle to uh prior to squadron 42's priorities and we're just, it's going to be more of this pretty much from here on out and so i, I it, they they've released another uh, footnote you know blog again with the uh, roadmap uh ra- roadmap roundup is what they call it and it's just all oops that got moved well the, you know we had to refactor that uh priorities changed ah, that it fell off we got the rifles done so it's business as usual with the new name with the staggered development and the roadmaps being what they are. Nothing really has changed. Well, the problem, though, is that with the staggered development is that 3.7 is getting stuff done. But the way that they're getting stuff done is they are on. There's two good examples here. In the last week's roadmap, there were two tasks. One was completed. And so that's so it's 50 percent done. And it sat there at 50 percent done for quite some time. This week, it's changed to 18 tasks, and 13 of them are done, which implies to me that they took the eight, the two tasks that they had, broke it down into 18 subtasks, checked off the boxes for the nine that were done, checked off four more boxes, and put it on there. I mean, that's some sort of juggling like that happened, so that that there it's a clearer indication of what they have to go and 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 what's still left to do. 
So I, I don't think they suddenly added 16 tasks to the list of things to do for ship rentals and then uh, and then completed 12 of them in, you know, all in the course of a week. That's not what happened. They changed their own internal roadmap to break down the tasks, changed some of the tasks to show we've made progress. This is progress we've already done. The one became, I'm going to guess, nine. I'm just throwing that number out there because it's half of the two that was there since half of 18. These nine tasks are done. This week, the team tackled four of the remaining tasks that used to be part of the, you know, one that was left. And we've got we've got five more to go. That's the sort of stuff that we're going to start seeing a lot of, uh, I think. The other thing that they did was uh, character customization. Uh, last week, there were, if I pull this right up, get us, get this here. There were 57 tasks on the punch list of things to do. Now there's 53. So they didn't kill character customization or they didn't put it back to the next patch or anything. They just said these four punch list things, forget them. Just drop them. We don't, we're not going to get to them. We're not going to do them. We don't need them. Just drop them. And then they accomplished some of the other tasks that were left over. This is the kind of juggling that we're gonna that we're gonna see from now on as priorities get shifted, as uh, stuff gets chucked out the airlock. We'll we'll fix it later. We'll do it later. We're just not gonna do it. I don't know that's helpful for the team to have that be put out to public, and it's not helpful for the fans either. Because in order to see if we're making any progress, you got to do the mental somersaults that I just did, which is, I mean, I can think of better ways to spend my afternoon. I, I and I think you should take up those opportunities, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I think so too, and I think that I think that CIG should just not do this roadmap anymore because it's not. I don't think it's helpful. It's not. It's it's not I, helpful I, to I, them. I I almost tend to agree with you on that point. I think they should just talk about Squadron Forty Two. Oh no, they need to quit. They need to quit that too because the because whatever progress I just detailed out for 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 Star Citizen right there, there's been like zero movement on Squadron Forty Two. That's why I think they should talk about it and not, and not worry about Star Citizen at the moment. They've got nothing to say, Jeff. In order for that to make any sense, you've got to compare this week's to last week's, but they don't. They just update the roadmap, and then this is where you're at. In order to do this, you have to, as I've been doing in our, our show notes here, update the chart every week. Now, as we record this, the nice chart that I use by, uh, by Reddit user Odysseus1992, you're awesome, dude. I love your chart. Um, he hasn't. He, it's not posted to Reddit yet, or at least wasn't when I was doing the, uh, prepping the show notes right before we went on uh, to to record this. So, uh, but I manually went through, compared Odysseus's chart last week to the roadmap changes that were made this week that went live, and very little or no progress has been made in Star Citizen. Nothing's been checked off. Now, again, I get it. They could be working and just not been able to, you know punch the button this week. Oh, we, we worked on it, we worked on it, we made progress, but I can't make a check mark yet. I get it. I, I understand that. But the purpose of the roadmap, the purpose of doing this is to show progress. And if you're not showing progress, then the roadmap is not doing what it's supposed to do. And if the roadmap's not doing what it's supposed to do, stop doing it. What if what it's supposed to do is give us something to talk about and uh, keep us busy while they continue to work on the game, give us something to just keep us interested so it's doing its job? Well, if that's its job, that's fine. But what what we're doing, what we're saying, and what we're seeing is the Squadron 42 chapters, all 28 of them, are still at best in gray box. No, they were done a long time ago. Ken Shadow told me. Uh, 
It was before the roadmap said they weren't, though. Oh, okay. Yes, and and and, I'll, and as we all know, I always believe the roadmap, and it's always gospel, except when I don't, and I, then I don't believe it. Anyway, the Squadron 42 roadmap says that everything's in gray box. Uh, the Squadron 42 roadmap does not show progress very much week to week. The staggered development, we're, we're, it's not like there's lots of progress being made on the next patch either, right? Where there's supposedly two patches being worked on at once. The 3.7, 3.8 should be going you know, at roughly the same pace in Star Citizen, and the Q3 and Q4 update should be going roughly the same pace in Squadron 42. That's not happening. Uh, what we're getting on the roadmap, roundup updates is this got pushed back, this got pushed back, this got pushed back. Our guns are done. Hmm. You know, that that's okay. That's that's fine. Uh, but I mean, it's it, but it's not. It's the stuff that concerns me as far as a Squadron Forty Two timely release that will make a block, blockbuster AAA game that it needs to be. I don't see that happening, and. If the job is just to keep us talking, well, it's working. But if the job is to show progress, then it's not its not fit for purpose. It's not doing that. Jeff, did you want to talk about Flair? Yeah, I do. Uh, okay. Uh, I, I don't know what kid they've got doing these ideas for the subscriber Flair, but they need to get somebody with some uh, adult vision. Um, th- this one's... <laughs> What do you want, this, like, a, like a topless dancer, a uh, uh, hula dancer no, this, for your dashboard? this month's flare are helmets, and they look like they're something out of a out of a uh, dystopia rollerball game. I mean... <laughs> okay. Rollerball derby? Yeah. There, there are these helmets with these little, these, like, like ridges on them, and, and, you know, look like they're sharp and ready to, you know... Cooling fins. Huh? Cooling fins. Yeah, Heat no. dissipation. Heat no. dissipation, Jeff. That's not for heat dissipation. You look cool wearing them. That's why they're called cooling fins, Tony. Um, oh. But, but, Is that why old Cadillacs had those? Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't... Um, yeah, I don't see me wearing any one of these things uh, at all. Take note, CIG. Jeff requires better flair. No, I just, I just want them to have... I mean, seriously... I mean, this is what. Uh, anyway, better flare. You know, by the time right. the, by the time this game comes out, I won't. I'll be so old, I won't care. <laughs> but you're already so old. I know, right? Okay. Oh no. Yeah, I, I had a real quick update on the court case. Uh, so Crytek and CIG agreed to a wait for it, wait for it, a 90 day extension. Uh, to their trial date. So it's gotten pushed back from March 2020 to June 2020. Um, now, to be clear, it hasn't been actually pushed back yet. The judge has to approve it, but this is all very routine, and there's no reason for the judge not to approve it, so it's pretty much a done deal, I would imagine, uh, pending the judge checking her calendar and making sure that those dates are available. But usually, before you make that request, you call the clerk, and the clerk says, yeah, we have these dates open. So probably a done deal it's the first time they push the trial back so uh that's usually a gimme uh so much like we hear guard frequency just give CIG an extra plus 90 to whatever their estimate is the court is going to do the same thing so that'll uh that's going to push things back a little bit they had a bunch of changes to their uh discovery calendar not nothing there's a big deal either um but they did point out that it's going to take uh, significant efforts to get everybody um, 
deposed and all the computer code uh, has to be looked through. So that's going to take time too. So that's why they asked for the extra three months. Um, but it wouldn't. It also wouldn't surprise me that if Crytek thinks that they uncover some stuff in Discovery, for them to ask for another extension, um, and then but CIG would probably oppose that, and then we'd have some more fights. So this is the first extension, might not be the last, but we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. And finally, this week we've got a little more news on the Elite Dangerous September update, which you should all be getting uh, n- not quite as we release, but uh, shortly after uh, when you get the show, you'll get the show right before they take the servers down, uh, and the update will go through. And at the end of it, you will have a new tutorial mission. It is a single mission that is broken down into a. a two major segments, basically, um, that will segue you into the current training regime, the current training mission that they have that sort of introduces you to the uh, the mission board. So it's it's they are giving you a little bit better introduction than the current training missions, and they are showing off the mission object- objective system a little bit so that when you start playing the... Um, uh, combat zones and uh, the uh, encounters that uh, they have around the mega ships and so on, people will have a little more familiarity with that interface. Uh, it's a nice walkthrough, but it's pretty short and it's pretty lightweight. But they did warn us that the September update and uh, was not going to be chock full of, of fun and surprises, and it's not. But it's a good mission, and it, it, it seems better than what they uh, what they had before and to a new user I think it'll be a lot easier to sort of uh, baby step your way into the universe except we still don't have alts so it really doesn't matter to me specifically well, you, no you can you can access it from your from your panel you can play it too yeah I guess so I just feel like starting an over and, and taking advantage of that whole thing and doing the because uh, I know what you're talking about with the tutorials but the 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 new user stuff they're doing it just I feel like they should be working on stuff for their established base. Are they really aiming at new players right now? I think they're getting a lot of new players. I know that retention was not great, um, but are there a lot of people that haven't played that want to play? This is like uh, when you know you're going to put your house on the market, and you know a couple, three months ahead of time, you go ahead and you, you repaint one of the bedrooms, and uh, you put some uh, you, uh, you update the wallpaper in the kitchen, or you tear down the wallpaper in the kitchen. Uh, you know, it, this is this is stuff that they're doing in preparation for the expansion next year, right? They want to make sure that they have that retention uh, ability improved. They want to make sure that the end game is better. That's what the carriers are about. Uh, so they want to have yet another end game option. But it seems to me that they've got they've got the end game pretty well covered now between engineers, guardians, thargoids. Uh, uh, and then now the carriers, it seems to me like they've got a decent variety of endgame things for you to do, uh, mining, you know, core mining. Um, so, I mean, I think they've got it covered, but the retention part, this was going to go a long way to help with that. I think they still need more. I, th- I, think, I think that as much, and they even mentioned this on the, on the live stream, they still want Elite to be a little daunting, they, they think that it's like a feature of the game that it is 
that you know you don't you don't just like wander into elite and become a pilot oh no 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 son you know it takes some challenge i get that i like that I, too i like I, that that's I cool it is elite for crying out loud i i i <laughs> I, I, I see a certain uh, i see a certain uh, uh you know cachet in making that statement and having it be somewhat true on the other hand you are on both consoles now so maybe come i mean they've started coming down off the high horse a little bit with this tutorial and i think that's a good thing i think they should go a little farther i think having two or three more tutorial missions that specifically walked you through unlocking your first engineer i think you put felicity farce here in the little uh the little uh, zone in the little uh, uh, safe zone i think you have an srv tutorial uh, I think you give somebody an SRV and, and help them drive around with a waveform scanner. I think they need two or three more tutorial missions to really help people get exposed to all the different things you can do in Elite. Um, because there is a lot. And I think that having a, uh, a, a an onboarding experience where you taste just a little bit of everything, and maybe even at your own pace, you can say, hey, come back. Uh, when you feel like doing the SRV or when you come back and, and, and you want to do an engineer uh, or the first mining, you know, first mining run for, for Void Opals or something. I think they need that. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, oh my God. How could I? Oh, I, was, I was about to Arts. walk away without even talking about arts. <laughs> Holy God. What the hell's wrong with me? Must be getting well, late. Did we get some new info about arts? Honestly, <clears throat> honestly, Tony, anytime you start talking about arcs, we can just, you know, avoid it. We have information now. We have solid information. Yeah, we have something to talk about. That's not going to get in trouble for speculating. Yeah, no, no. This is like this is like legit stuff because they went and updated because there are a lot of people asking questions about. Uh, and even when I was watching the live stream, uh, it, was, it was me and Werchel and Wotherspoon. I think we were in the Discord, um, and the question was raised. You know, well, that's great. They tell they tell you that you can earn four hundred arcs per week for free in the game just by doing. Uh, missions and by doing the tutorial mission, Adam got twelve arcs. So it seems to me like the earn rate is probably pegged at about forty, maybe fifty arcs an hour for doing normal gameplay stuff. And they say it's a variety of things: mining, blowing up, exploring. Uh, you'll probably get it for you know, uh, trading commodities. You'll probably get it for turning in missions. You'll probably get it for blowing up rocks. You'll probably get it for scooping things. Uh, you know, you're probably they're not being transparent about the algorithm for the uh, earn rates for the activities, and it's probably for the best. They, they, I think they uh, don't want to give that part of the, the game away. Uh, so, but it looks to me like they've pegged the earn rate at about 40 or 50 arcs an hour, which means that to hit the max, you would play eight to 10 hours a week, which I think is extremely reasonable. Um, uh, so that's that's not that's not. Uh, that's pretty pretty decent. The trouble was that when the questions uh, came down were, was well, great, so how much are uh, goodies going to be? How much are the cosmetics going to cost now? Because right now it's they're, in, they're typically in bundles, and right now they're sold for real-world world currency. We got that answer this week just a, a day or so ago. Decals are going to be from 50 to 150 arcs. That's like the smallest thing you can buy. So you can earn a, enough for a decal and you know in a, in a play session, maybe a long play session, but a play session, a play session. Um, but if you want a ship kit that's still going to be sold in a bundle, you're going to have to cough up nearly twelve thousand arcs, which is thirty weeks 
That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. But on the other hand, if you like your ship enough, it's not unreasonable for them to say, eh, you know, a little something for the effort. I'm glad you like the game. You know, chip in a little bit. Also, they are breaking out all the paint jobs into single items as well. So it's no longer a pack of six. You're going to buy paint jobs one at a time. And the price range on them is large. Anywhere from 620 to 5520 And that's so crazy. It's, well, no, I don't think so. Because if you are new to the game and you haven't jumped out of your Sidewinder yet or you really dig your hauler or your, um, or your eagle and you like to play with it and you play for a couple of weeks just in that ship, well, by the end of you know playing for two or three weeks, you'll have enough to earn a paint job for that starter level ship, and so you'll uh, Frontier will is training you how to use their store, right? They want that to be very achievable and achievable early, so that you get used to the idea of going to the Ark store, buying something and painting your ship with it. But later in the game, when you have a big cutter, which means you've earned lots of in-game credits and you've gone through their rep systems uh, and you have some idea of how to outfit and equip your, your ship, it's not that big a ask for them to say, flip us three or four bucks and take a shortcut here. Yeah, that's true. And it's not that bad pricing when no. you say three or four bucks. Right. But it's not three or four bucks on a 32-week item. Those ship kits are more than that. Uh, like five bucks is what we were talking about with like paint jobs. Yes. 5,000 arcs is $4 American. Is is what they're buying is what you're basically buying at that point. Um, it's like it's a lot like the Zen at Star Trek Online. Uh, you know, the 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 the, conver- the conversion rate's pretty pretty close on that. It's about one dollar is one hundred and twenty is a twelve is twelve hundred and fifty arcs. So uh, for ease of conversion, you know, that's about as, as close as you're going to get. Um, it goes the the your buying power goes up because as you buy more arcs in a pack. The transaction costs for Frontier go down, so they give you more arcs per uh, per dollar, and they give you bonuses. So uh, you should, you know, they want you to buy a bunch of them at once, so they don't have to keep paying the credit card companies fees every time you swipe your card. So they've included some great incentives there. You can buy a hundred thousand arcs for I think sixty dollars or something like that. So it's it's uh, they, they they're. They're steeply discounting the um, the larger packs, uh, but overall, I mean, it, it's it's a pretty decently designed system. I think uh, there's not even the slightest even hint that they're going to do anything other than cosmetics. But they have radically redone their pricing strategy to capture a wide variety of transaction amounts, down from 50 arcs, which would be just less than a penny, basically. Of real-world money to, you know, multiple tens of thousands of arcs, which would be eight or ten dollars real-world money, uh, and everything in between. And that would be impossible to do with a credit card, but they can do it now that it's all on their own back end. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me to see them tweak the earn rate up a little bit as things go on, but it's always smarter for them to be stingy at first. And be a little more generous uh, as if people complain. So it's 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 smart for them to start out at the low end of that. That makes sense. I wish things could just be more straightforward. You know what you're spending. You know what you're getting. All this calculation and things is. But I get why it's not. I understand. Yeah. 
They they got to get you in the ecosystem. They got to get you used to punching the button to say, "Give me that paint job." Oh no, I don't have enough. You mean I have to wait? Screw that. Here's my wallet. <laughs> that's 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 what they're aiming for. And and I, again, I mean, uh, you know, uh, Alec Turner's taken me to task a couple times on this matter. I, as far as it goes, the system they have designed so far is amongst the least offensive microtransactions I, I've seen anywhere. I mean, it's 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 if I were a capitalist pig dog, there are so many other ways you could take advantage of the system that Frontier is just not doing. Uh, and it seems like they're designing it for the long term to train people to get used to using the arcs, and they're willing to give people the free casino chips that you need to, to undergo that training. That's really smart long term. If you want a long term customer base, give them the goodies for their starter ships basically for free. Get them attached to their upper level higher ships. They had to earn a lot of money and earn a lot of rep to unlock that clipper. They love that ship now. They're gonna pay two or three dollars to paint it purple. They're just gonna, and and, I, and they're smart to do it that way. Yeah, and two or three dollars is a great price to paint your ship purple, and you're getting that kind of enjoyment and time out of it. Honestly, yeah. that's a great price. What yeah, they're doing it, now is a great like their store right now is great price. I yeah. think, and, and I and I don't think they are. They're making some things more expensive at the same time as I think they're making some things either cheaper or approximately the same price. So overall, they're raising their prices on a lot of things, but they're on the things that you would have to really play a lot of game time to even want anyway, like cutter paint jobs. I imagine those are going to be the expensive ones, and cutter ship kits. Those are going to be the expensive ones. And now that we're all caught up on Space Sim News, let's get caught up on Space News with Galactic Public Radio. GPR News is supported by... A grant from the Foundation for the Advancement of Knowledge Entrepreneurs and by Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments, providing banking and insurance products to the ANSEAT system and beyond for over 100 years. Good evening from Galactic Public Radio on NC. I'm Spencer McDunn, and these are the top headlines from around the known galaxy. A milestone anniversary is being celebrated by a prominent local company. From this, we go to Capital with Smooth Furnace. Thanks, Spencer. Trouble Banking and Welfare Investments is celebrating the 250th anniversary of the grand reopening of the deep storage vaults on Anseath 2. Once the center of a galaxy-spanning financial conglomerate, the ANSI system has regrettably lost much of its early prestige. The introduction of the Universal Bulletin Board Trading System and the adoption of the Bank of Zeon's credit by the Pilots' Federation in the middle of the 31st century caused a system-wide collapse of the financial sector nearly overnight. Fortunately, out of the wreckage of that calamity, a brave band of monetary geniuses seized the opportunity of a lifetime and saved a star system in the process. While the rest of the galaxy was lured away by the ease and convenience of instantaneous interstellar wealth transfer, 
A few visionaries understood the fact that possession was still nine-tenths of the law, and the best way to ensure possession of valuable items is to bury it in a vault at the bottom of a gravity well. TBWI spokesperson Dan Newbody told GPR, quote, Encrypted credit accounts and regulated commodity boards have a certain place, I suppose, in galactic trade, but to truly discerning individuals, the pursuit of commerce is a warm, personal, authentic experience to be enjoyed between colleagues and peers. While some prefer a hands-off approach to transactions, TBWI wants to ensure a tactile, enriching, and wholesome interaction between clients by settling accounts the old-fashioned way. Tangibly. Solidly. End quote. That's all, I guess. From Capital and Seath 4 for Galactic Public Radio, I'm Smooth Furnace. Great galaxies. I thought this was public radio. <clears throat> Thanks, Smooth. The Alliance Cultural Festival continues to have lasting effects beyond culture and tourism. On the heels of the audacious return of long-lost painting during the Arts Festival on Aliyah, food production issues were exposed by the culinary celebration on Dizo. The Interstellar Association for Agriculture announced that crop yields in several systems will probably not reach their expected targets. While the culinary festival focused primarily on exotic and unusual dishes, Local chefs also serve massive quantities of commonplace local dishes in order to give the attendees the taste of everyday Alliance cuisine. Agronomists and economists were surprised at the impact on supplies and prices of basic food staples. Dr. Genevieve Kane, spokesperson for the IAA, told the media in a written statement, quote, to prevent a shortage of produce from impacting consumers, the IAA is reviewing options to enhance the fertility of cropland used for domestic consumption. These include newly proposed synthetic treatments that we hope will increase the sustainability of essential harvests. End quote. Commodities analysts speaking to GPR anonymously have noticed similar trends in markets outside the alliance, raising concerns that the problem may be widespread. Finally, in local news, after successfully repelling the mercenary attacks orchestrated by ANSEATH partners, the revolutionary ANSEATH Free Fraction announced that its intelligence sources indicated that similar attacks were planned by IPUPIS Federal Industry. Rather than wait for the attacks to start or seek assistance of local authorities, they launched a preemptive strike. Guard Frequency Response Associate Director Richard Clemens told GPR, quote, the RAF seem to be operating under the false impression that we are somehow on their side, no matter what they do. On the contrary, GFR is on the side of open cooperation, good order, and fair commerce. We will not stand idly by as factions take the law into their own hands. End quote. Until the next turn of the worlds, for Galactic Public Radio, I am Spencer McDunn. Good night.
You want to fight or not? Let's kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy. are able to get a, a sort of uh, function report on it. You can kind of you kind of scroll through the systems, and you can see that most of the systems are offline. Anything you want to know? Does it have any weapons that can still target us? Uh, as you as you kind of cycle through the damage reports on it, there are still weapons functional. I mean, they're still they're, they're not they're not a hundred percent damaged. There's still some if 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 health points were a thing in the real world. They would be in the roughly in the teens percentage okay. of of health points left, but you're not you're not. It doesn't appear that anything's targeting you or it's active right now. This is the asp, right? Yeah, this is the crashed asp, crashed asp. What do you guys want to know about this thing? I mean, you did ask if the engines were good, if the weapons were good. It are doesn't there, seem like it's very dangerous to you, and it wasn't able to deploy SRVs. Are there life signs? Hey, that's a good one. Check for life signs. The the resolution of the sensors is not that good, and most of the data you're getting off of is sort of like the IFF type stuff. It's like broadcasting, "Help, I'm hurt." Uh, I don't have that much detail, guys. My recommendation is to target it and fire as you take off. Get rid of what's left of it on your way here to get us. It shouldn't take much. All right, just take off, man. Be really careful. They've got some weapon systems that are still somewhat online. They're not targeting us right now, but keep that in mind. All right, so I'm going to take off and fly not up. I'm going to keep it pretty low to the ground. Um, I'm going to head towards the base. Can you target the ASP from here and finish it off? Can't or I guess I can because I'm... Yeah, you, you got, got the, the weapons, guns. Yeah, you, right? got the, right. you got the guns. <laughs> we so got no what misses. weapons do I have? You have a variety of weapons. You have uh, at your disposal uh, uh, beam lasers and multi Is it one of the, the pre-gens pre in the military book? Uh, yeah, so basically, the, what you have on the bottom, uh, what you have uh, on the bottom there, on the, in the bottom uh, underside, undercarriage part of it, are multi cans. Yep. That's what you've got. Okay. You've got base multi cans on the bottom. Yeah, I'll just take a couple shots with those. Okay. Uh, roll an attack for me when add your spaceship weapons yep. and multi cannons. Gimbaled mounts. Uh, oh, that's lasers. No, we need, we need multi cannons. Uh, I don't know. Do multi cannons. Oh, yeah, multi cannons get a plus four. So okay, a, uh, so my spaceship weapon is D10. I got a 10. You got a 10, plus 4. Yeah, natural it. 10, plus 4 for my spaceship weapons. So these are, these are the small multi-cans on the bottom. Um, you hit, and it's staying still, so it's not like it's a huge challenge to, to hit the thing. Uh, but sure. if you want to finish it off, it's going to take a little time, because it's just multi-cans. I'm going to so. try to shoot, just shoot at the once as we, I guess, pass by. I don't want to stick around and okay. try and attack this asp any more than we have to. So if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're thinking low and slow, finish it off type thing, go ahead and roll two more times. It's not like you're going to miss, but sure. uh, if you, if you crit, if you crit, other things will happen. All right. Uh, second roll is a six plus my weapons of four is a 10. It's not a nat 10. Keep going. Nope. And then this one's a nine. Okay. So plus, all, plus all four hits. So 13. Yeah, all hits, and uh, the, it, you're, you're beating it up. Whatever weapons it had left along the top side, you can't hit the ones at the bottom, but they can't deploy because they're on the bottom. Um, yep. they're, the weapons that are, are on the top are, are hosed, and uh, you have, you've, you've, chewed, you've chewed it up really th- pretty thoroughly with those small multi-cannons. So, so they can see it, though, visually as they're going over, right? Yeah, yeah, they can, they're flying over. So I asked, do you see anybody coming out of the ship? Do I see anybody coming out of the ship? <laughs> Roll perception. Uh, perception... Let's see. Oh, well, I got a nat 10. 
uh, as you were flying over, you didn't see anybody come out of the ship, but you th- okay. you look you look it looks like the emergency exit was open, but you're not you're not entirely sure whether it got like blown open or it was the work of the multi cannons or if maybe somebody opened it, but the emergency hatch was open, pretty sure. All right, Dear, the emergency hatch is open. I don't see anybody exiting. Um, do we have any internal scanners to see if they got on board the ship? But I guess we would have oh, noticed as we oh, stood the yeah, no, I, yeah, No, yeah. Uh, the way in the Elite Dangerous universe, if so, someone boarding your ship in an authorized manner is really unheard of. They, like, made a big deal of okay. Galnet. So, yeah, getting getting on to your ship without proper, proper authorization, like being a member of Guard Frequency Response, as you guys are, uh, yep. kind of impossible. So Okay. So, Adira and Co., I didn't see anybody exit the ship, but the hatch was open. Another clutch natural 10. You would not have known that without a natural 10. I say who cares? It's a little you'll, tiny door. You'll beat it's anybody on door. foot back to get us. And the only thing that's important is yeah. getting us out right now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm heading I'm heading towards the base. So I, um, I, I asked the computer, since I hear this, to keep an eye out for somebody on foot approaching the base. They'd be so far out anyway. We're talking well, two kilometers. You're holding, you're holding yeah. my eye. Oh, look, wherever you want <laughs> that's me That's awesome. Uh, they, there's, no, there's no, like... We we had perimeter. I thought we had perimeter sensors or something like that. Oh, I do have those, but they're mostly for anti uh, personnel in like well, that's battle suits and for. tanks. Uh, I was gonna say battle suits and tanks. Personnel. I will keep I will keep an eye out for such people, uh, but the chances of someone alone on foot being caught in our sensors if they don't if they know what they're doing is relatively low. I wouldn't expect them to beat the ship back here anyway. I think we're sitting pretty because the ship that's too high to get us can't get down here before our ship gets here and anybody on foot is two kilometers away still so they're not going to get here so when they get here we just need to get this loaded up immediately and get the hell out of here yeah go for it are you saying all that overcomes yeah or? okay so i all right we have our we, we have how loaded up me and me and henry are in the scarabs right or what are they called? I think you're yeah. you're in a scarab. Yeah. You've got how loaded up. I didn't get in one yet, but I can be in one. Where's Valis? Because I need to take her with me. She, she's 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 right there. I mean, she's right there with you. But if you're moving the if you're uh, so let me just get set. Maybe we can actually if you're gonna do it this way, we can wrap it up tonight. If you guys want to go for about another ten minutes, yeah, we can do like a wrap up session after this where we can get like the story done. Sure. All right, ten more minutes. Yeah. Ten more minutes, and we're so, done. And then we'll wrap up real quick we're using as they. As they radio that they have the thing in the buggies, um, as we were driving out of the base towards the ship, um, wherever the closest to the base flattest ground was, I'll relay that distance and tell them to meet us there. Oh, smart. Okay. Well, the, the terrain near the base is tougher, so I'm going to have you roll a vehicle pilot, a spaceship piloting check. Uh, to spaceship see if you, piloting? Yeah, okay. spaceship piloting check to see if you can set down where you want to. That's going to be... Spaceship pilot. That's going to be a nine total. Uh, okay, you successfully land. It, a critical failure might have had consequences, or or a failure might have had consequences. Uh, but sure. you, you managed to get it's it's pretty close to the outside. It's kind of a tight fit and a, kind of a weird angle. Um, but it you should be able to get the uh, remaining SRVs loaded into the bay without any problem. Um, okay. All right. So uh, you got the SRV loaded up with the uh, with uh, the stuff. Uh, you got a wounded colonel. And you've got 40 federal troopers uh, to get on board. Uh, so you managed to uh, get everybody up on board. Uh, the handcom is still plugged in and getting relay uh, radar information, Henry, for the for the for the time being. Yeah, because we're loading him up, but he's mobile. So, right. Um, is the ship that's above us doing anything? Can I it ask how what he can tell us just, about the situation? The other ship appears to be maintaining a stationary position. 
and observing. Fantastic. As soon as everybody's on board, I'm going to take off and not go straight up, but I'm going to go away and kind of arc up and out. I think we should high wake as soon as we're out of uh, mass lock. Yeah. Well, I just meant I'm not going to like fly straight up at the ship that's hovering above the thing. I'm going to go kind of along the ground and then do kind of like a an exponential curve. Unless Valis wants us to take a swing by to for recon and see what it is. Uh, she, as, as you're, you're all loading up in the hustle and the bustle and like, what are we going to do next? And you sell these things to her. She says, I would very much like to know who's been behind this the whole time. So she wants, so she boss? would tell us what to do there. I mean, we're saying we can go check it I out. I would very much like to know who's been Oh, I guess she was telling us <laughs> politely. Yeah. She says that over Would you like me to reply. make that an explicit order? Could you write it down Intercept for me that and vessel. send it to me? <laughs> Intercept that vessel. She says uh, she says that over comms, and I say, you got it, and then I change course to head directly towards that ship. Do we have okay. any fighter craft or anything like that on board? No, you were reconfigured for troop movement. Gotcha. And, and, and uh, you know, rescue practice. So we have 40 so, troops uh, we could throw at the other ship. You could. You could throw them. All right, so this is a replay, full circle. Um, I, this could have ended a variety of ways, but I like the poetry of this. This is going to end full circle the way this little adventure started. Uh, Everybody presumably is at the stations, but it looks like this time Akrosi's in the pilot chair, which I then would presume means that Brian could sit at the electronic warfare panel. Uh, sure. Okay, and then, Henry, you're on the sensors... Right? Okay. Sensors, because I had that backwards last time. And then Ryu would be on the engineering station. Should we switch because I might have better computers and repair? What's your computers and repair, Ryu? Uh, my computers is three. Repair is one. I have a 51 and a 40. So I should okay. take that station for engineering, right? That would be fine. And, and Ryu, would you like to take the sensors then? Sure. As long as that's okay with you. I'm not trying to step on your toes, man. Oh, no, that's fine. All right. I think All we're right. ready for this. All right. So... Like I said, nice poetry, nice symmetry here. I would like uh, Ryu on the sensors to try to get a lock on this thing, because as you take off from the base, you lose the connection that the the uh, AI had. So you're going to rely on the sensors on the on the ship now. Uh, go ahead and roll a uh, 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 systems or a science, whichever one you which whichever one you think you're gives you better advantage. Thought I'm trying to find science. There it's it is. up in their intelligence. Uh, seven. Seven. Uh, you know what you're looking for, and you know where you're supposed to look. You manage to uh, point the uh, point the pilot in the proper direction, but uh, it now appears to be moving, and either trying to stay at a main maintain distance, or perhaps even run a little bit. So you're going to need some extra uh, thrust from the engineering department. All right, I'd like to try to so, do that. Yes, you should definitely do that. And uh, once you roll a repair check for me, Henry, an eight. An eight. You successfully divert more thrust, but it's not a substantial amount of extra engines. You just took off. The engines aren't warm yet. Uh, so, but you, but you, you give you give it an extra boost. You're able to keep pace. I'm giving her all she's got. <laughs> you sure are. That's exactly what you're doing. Ken Shadow. It now appears that it is, is trying to throw you off. It sees you now, mm -hmm. and whatever it seems, you know, you you kind of heard peripherally that the asp was doing something funny with the radar before it got shot. Thinks. I th you think that maybe this is what's going on now, too. So why don't you roll a uh, either a computer or a security check, either one of those two, whichever one you feel, whichever one you think is uh, better for you. Sorry, where is it? Oh, I see it. I'll do computer. <laughs> I did not get a good roll. I got a five. Nah, it, with, the, with the roll of a five, it, it's it. he's successfully throwing you off the scent a little bit, and it, you're, it's a little tougher for you to 
to burn through the jamming. The error, the circular error probability has, has grown in here. So you're not quite sure where to tell Akrosi to go, but he's no slouch as a pilot. And so with a nope. vehicle piloting check, he might be able to run this thing down. What about a vehicle piloting of 12? Uh, all right. Or spaceship yeah, piloting? Uh, yeah, spaceship piloting. Okay. Yeah, spaceship piloting. Yeah, 12. A 12. With a 12, uh, with, there were three successes and one failure. So with, with your combined efforts and your separate systems, you are able to run the thing down. A, a, as you come in close, Ryu now can resolve on her panel a Diamondback Explorer. Uh, there is. It is not squawking. It does not have any uh, identify friend or foe, and you can't identify its systems. But it's close enough that you can tell that it's been uh, heavily stealthed, obviously. But you can now kind of get a reading on what those stealth systems are like, and it's high tech stuff. Uh, and as you are trying to close in on it, uh, you hear frame sh- frame shift surge detected. And after about ten seconds, do we have interdiction in the in the electronic warfare system? <laughs> in Super Cruise, you do, and you can. Uh, I, I would let you try to do it, but you have a wounded man on board and a highly illegal AI, so it's probably best you should deal with those two problems. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendly, so let's just be friendly. Some say he invented a maturation reversal beam, and that he's tested it on some adult fauna stakes and found it was very revealing. But all I know is he's called the Shiv, and he'll put together this week's feedback. Okay, I get this one. Did you get it right away? I got it right away. Oh, so I'm stupider than you. No, no, no. <laughs> I had no. to work on this I, one I, a lot. I, I'm just, I'm just getting, <laughs> I'm getting a little more plugged in. I think I would have gone adult bovine stakes. Not adult fauna stakes. I don't. Yeah. I think. I think, I if think I, bovine any, would have been better. Bovine would have. T- but this is what this is what I would do when I took my editing pen to Shiv's jokes, and it just it just made him mad. It just made him angry. Sometimes, but, but fauna to bovine is good. I get that one. I I, I you know I, I but you know I just I don't want to make him mad. Angry Shiv is a mean Shiv. I don't want that. A recap of last week's community question. Anyone else want to take a shot at Tony? We know we do. What did you drink from the information fire hose? And what are you doing now that there's nothing to do in Elite? So Shift's feedback, I've got to say, he wrote in, it confuses me. There's a lot of symbols and numbers. So, I'm going to read as best I can. Henry, 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 I want you to feel my pain as you you work your way through this. I want you to interpret it on the fly as you go, the best you can. Slash R, 1D10, hashtag CQ1. I get he's saying roll a 1d10, but the hashtag CQ1 I don't get. Community question one. So he's saying roll a 1d10 for the com- answer to the community question one? He's taking uh, a maybe shot at Tony. Oh, that's the shot. Oh, duh. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I get Okay, that shot. makes sense so, now. It's an attack roll. Yeah, but what's your defense? Well, and more importantly, does he get any bonuses for that? See, in, elite, in the Elite RPG, you get at least a plus one. Yeah, but this is life, so we got to go with our real stats. Give Shiv versus Tony. So this is like a slap fight where he gets no pluses. Yeah. He gets yeah. say, this is a slap fight. Okay, okay, all right. Background: Simbot last Tuesday at eight thirty-five a.m. at Chivalry Bean one d ten CQ one equals two equals two. How are we reading this? I think that means he rolled a two. Okay. With no uh, bonuses, that does that does not hit. The, okay. the GM says that uh, that will not hit. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah. Community question two, and this is written in English, not in some kind of weird <laughs> right. binary language that. Uh, uh, Holy shit! Did you know Shiv speaks bocce? 
<laughs> he speaks Pachi. <laughs> that the team is willing to make changes when something isn't working, as opposed to trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Also, mining. Community question three. MGS5 or Traveler 5.1 RPG on my RPG Discord. I, I, I know Traveler 5.1, but I don't know what MGS5 is. There were so many acronyms in this whole thing, acronyms and 1D numbers, and I just want to read some letters now. Oh, if okay, I can read okay. letters and make make sense of them. Okay, that, that's, <laughs> well, I'll read some letters from Johnny Blondini, who writes in and says, Yet another great show, lads. I really love how all your respective opinions are so widely spread apart from each other. Makes for some exciting discussion. I have to say, Tony said something that really resounded with me, especially since our star citizen started looking more and more like a wavering pipe dream. Uh, parentheses, I have gone from evangelist to skeptic on that chart. Close parentheses. His statement, Elite Dangerous is the game that I wanted Star Citizen to be, is completely hashtag Tony is right, and with the possible addition of elite feet and social elements, plus maybe lots of populated NPC areas, I feel the game covers all my Star Citizen needs. Also, given that I now elite exclusively in VR, I can't really imagine going back to playing 2D Star Citizen no matter how pretty it is. Also, I'm not at Endgame Elite. Is there such a thing? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, so there is, and I suspect always will be something to do in Elite. <laughs> Anyhow, keep up the great work. The podcast is my listening highlight every week. P.S. Two days now, stuck at the Guardian site trying to set off or find the machine for the frame shift drive booster. Worst space explorer slash archaeologist ever, I know. But another reason why I don't believe in the nothing to do in Elite myth, tiny hmm. smile emoji. He says, what's the end game in Elite? I think the end game in Elite is podcasting. That, yeah, that's the right. The Endgame Elite is commentary. That, that's right. You get your triple elite. Sit around you get and bitch your, about it. That's right. Get your triple elite, get your king, get your rear admiral, unlock a bunch of alliance uh, permit systems, get a podcast and bitch. That's, 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 that's the progression. That is the progression. I like what he said about Star Citizen being flat and being spoiled by Elite. I feel that, but... See, it's, it's, I mean, comparing them, there's so much more that's going to be in Star Citizen with the ground game. Yeah, um, there's. I mean, even Elite Feet, I do not see it ever being what yeah. Star Citizen is doing on the ground. It's just and, not going to happen. And again, we're assuming based on a they call people refer to it as a leak, but I believe it was a hack. I think a uh, a licensed partner, probably at Universal, got hacked, and some of the emails that were sent to them about Elite's uh, plans were were what was taken from that. I, that's my suspicion. From that, we get elite feet and Thargoid first-person combat. That's not guaranteed. Let me tell you something, though. Even if that's official that they said that was happening, you can't take it for granted because no. look what happened with carriers where we were supposed to have them, right. and now we're going to get them. Like, that right. happened before. So they could say all day, you're getting feet, you're getting feet, right up until the point we're about to buy shoes on their store, and they're like, <laughs> oh, we changed our mind. You're you're not getting feet. Uh, again with carriers, they did give us a couple months warning. They did was it, it might have been two months, three months they warning did. that it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, that they that they 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 had taken it off the. I don't think the, that compared to the hype of the thing. And no, if it, it did took not. This long to finish, letting us know two months ahead of time that it wasn't going to work. They knew. Yeah, they knew. I, they, at some point they said, "Ooh, we bought a bit off more than we could chew, didn't we?" And I, actually, I, uh, it probably wasn't a biting off more than you can chew thing. It was probably more along the lines of a, "We don't need this for this. 
we need it to tide people over in the middle of this giant content drought we're about to put on them. This is I think that That's would be I a think. terrible reason to make that decision because they, you know, they had pushed it and they got sales based on that, I'm sure. And then to push it off because they want to get sales on it later. It's like dangling something and saying, hey, here, come get this cool thing. Wait, not really. No, really, we're going to do it now. Come get the thing. Oh, wait, not really. That's weird. Yeah, but I but I have to forgive them because so far they haven't screwed up arcs yet. So I have to forgive them. It's yeah, just the rules. I don't make the rules. I just that's I just cool. live by them. Well, good on you, Mr. Blundini. You 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 spouted a, a very lengthy conversation. Nice feedback. That was good feedback. Yeah. Alec Turner writes in and says, "Never believed in nothing to do an elite myth, if there is such a thing ever existed." But I am currently struggling with the nothing new to do an elite problem. Even I, ultimate evangelist of the you can always find new ways to have an adventure ethos, I am currently finding myself somewhat lost at the moment. When FD first announced the 2020 deadline, I did wonder how many long-term players would still be active by then. Would the interstellar initiatives be enough to keep us occupied over a year? Clearly not. It was recently pointed out to me, as someone who really struggled to put Elite down and play something else, that there has never been a better time to do so. I'm beginning to think they're right. And yet, more than anything, I really just wanted to keep playing. Time to turn to my usual source of inspiration and rewatch some old Encinona videos, I think. Is that right? Sure. I think it's pronounced Enseeth. Yes. And see. Yep. Rewatch some old and Seath videos. <laughs> Down south, they pronounce that love A. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Great show, guys. Uh, glad my arcs rant gave you a laugh. Uh, hashtag Tony provokes. Hashtag Tony did good. P.S. Did you see it? Well, did you? Colon blush colon. Just to be clear, arcs are for cosmetic items only. Colon wink colon. Yeah, cosmetic yeah. items and fuel for your carrier. No, 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 no. no, 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 no. I'm just stirring the pot. Yeah, no, <laughs> no pots are pots. No pots, pots stirring. Adequately please. stirred. Yeah, pots adequately stirred. Now, Alec Turner, it, it, coming from you, I mean, it, it, it's true that there always is something to do in Elite, but for those of us who have been around for a while and have played all the different parts of the end games, you maybe you don't, maybe maybe it's it, you're a little worn out on stuff. I have never been good at mining. So I am going to go figure out how to do mining. That's that's the thing I'm going to do next. Um, so that's that's what that's the project that I have uh, set aside for me. Uh, I would just say if you want to keep playing, that's great. But there are a lot of good games coming out soon. So go easy on yourself, man. Put the Buckyball League in, in in mothballs for a little while and come back to it fresh. Uh, maybe with some inspiration from some other great space games that uh, that you that you play uh, between now and when we get uh, the carriers out in a couple months. Sean Newboy writes in and says three points for the longbow slash Jane's reference. Loved both. Wonderful show, everyone. There you go, Jeff. There's one for you. Sarah writes in Jeff's question on why prioritize prisons as opposed to other stretch goals that were also reached resonated with me. This is my speculation. But I wonder if the reason caves and prisons are being added in now is because the assets needed for caves and prisons were done for Squadron 42. It seemed odd to me that at first the prisons were inside caves, but it makes more sense to me if it's based on a single-player story, bandits taking you hostage, or something similar. 
coupled with this a comment on 4.0 being able to be viewed as a vertical slice yeah there's a timestamp of all the uh, where they talk about it in the development video it makes me think that even more so than the roadmap a more realistic way for backers to guess what gameplay features will be added to star citizen in the near term especially 4.0 is what gameplay will be needed for squadron 42 which i think tony has been saying pretty straight pretty pretty much from the beginning um regarding vulcan instead of for ps5 what about google stadia no hate for anyone was surprised to hear my comment read this week thanks for taking the time to respond is google stadia vulcan only I don't know if it's Vulcan only, but it's definitely supporting for Vulcan. And I would imagine them using DirectX libraries is more or less out of the question. I, 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 they, I, I'm sure they wouldn't. They're not going to do that to you know bring Microsoft into their little environment. So Vulcan being open source, I would imagine that's what they're probably going to run with. <clears throat> we hear from Theoden Clown. I'm going to try my Gandalf voice here. Theoden Clown. Okay, I'm done, I'm done with Gandalf voice now. Uh, my dear Henry, you, sir, are my Gandalf. Regrettably, I have for many millennia kept the counsel of one particular nattering nabob of negativity. I have welcomed his poison into my ears and into my heart. For this, I am deeply embarrassed, and I am ashamed. But then you, Henry, you came to me and pierced my heart and heart with your powerful staff. Oh, my. And you opened well, my eyes, Henry. <laughs> you offered me other worlds filled with moons, planets, and stars. My God, Henry, the stars! Not since I was a small boy in the towers of Gondor has my imagination and spirit for adventure been piqued as they have since you convinced me to give No Man's Sky oh my God. another oh, chance. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, on, I'm an evangelist on that scale, so you know that scale. I'm like an evangelist. Oh, but wait, there's more. <laughs> True freedom is only found in forgiveness granted. Most of the time. And if you have any tips, tricks, or super dope mod recommendations for No Man's Sky and virtual reality, please do help a brother out. With undying gratitude, Theoden Clown. Please, no. No. Fantastic no. I, feedback. I don't want to spend the next 30 minutes talking about No More Sky. <laughs> Oh yeah, so Clown Bobo, you just got another strike in uh, in the in the book of Jeff right there. First, all your Star Citizen stuff, and now now you're talking about how awesome No Man's Sky is. Oh, he compares me to Gandalf. I want to respond by saying I am not some conjurer of cheap tips. That was a line <laughs> of cheap tips. I am not some conjurer of cheap tricks. That would be great. Uh, well, uh, have, have, have they have they you know if they patched VR or if they made the VR set up easier i haven't kept up kept you know up. i haven't been paying attention to the patches i've been playing the hell out of it and i know that the last uh, a couple of days ago when i was playing i turned my graphics options up a notch across the board and it's still running great and i haven't changed anything else except i turned them up i had to crank them down to nothing in the beginning like they were oh, cranked okay. way down so now i'm on uh the second level of all the graphic settings instead okay. of the first and i have beautiful grass on planets and clouds look fantastic now um so things are definitely, you know, shaping okay. up. I think a lot of it is me getting past the learning curve of dealing with the, the poorly implemented VR controls. But I'm used to them now, and I'm, I'm fine with it. So okay. I get around just fine. All right. Learning curve. Yeah, learning curve. Big time. Right. 
but worth the investment. I'm glad you're out there playing, man. I hope to see you in game. That's cool. You can actually do multiplayer now. Everybody goes to the, the little Nexus place. So, I gotta stop talking about No Man's Sky because just gonna have a seizure or something. He's looking at me like these dead <laughs> eyes, like, I hate this. I hate it. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jeff. He brought it up. No, we respond to old feedback, but, you know, some is unnecessary as others. <laughs> oh, poor Jeff. <laughs> Uh, Ken from Chicago writes, writes, oh, that's a typo, but I left it in, writes in. I'd like to thank Henry for showing my comment last week was too brief. Kidding. My, my complaint was how Tony complained contradictorily, thus undercutting himself and hiding his real fear. Brian for pressing Tony for details, clarifying for me that Tony fears that the multiplayer star citizen he loves most is doomed if Squadron 42, which he likes least, flops commercially. Good news, aside from marketing, AAA video game success is due to great graphics, storytelling, and gameplay. CI has mastered great graphics, so much there's already Mashimama from it. They all have shown skill at storytelling in depicting the warrior Van Duel, space exploration lore, and characterization in the vertical slice. Satisfying gameplay requires variety and proper serving size, and CI has shown and planned a variety of gameplay, plus their CitizenCon gameplay videos average about an hour or so. They've shown they're well on their way to a good 10 to 20 hour game, I suggest three 10-hour chapters for Squadron 42. And I'd like to thank Jeff for citing CI's developing new game tech that could be sold or licensed to game devs, further securing finances for SC completion. So I say, cheer up, Tony. I think your Star Citizen dreams will come true. Sarah replies, It is unlikely any technology developed for Star Citizen will be able to be sold piecemeal to other companies due to the nature of not invented here. You can look up how this kind of attitude is already very prevalent in the video game and other industries. Whether or not it is ideal, the logic is quite simple. Implementing other companies' technologies opens up a number of issues. Licensing fees, lack of expertise, patent issues, etc. So many companies would rather try to do it themselves internally than deal with those problems. This isn't meant to trivialize what CI has developed, but realistically, companies are adverse to implementing other companies' technology unless they're using an entire suite, for example, like a graphics engine. I'd like to say, I think what CI is doing is not really about taking and building something and saying, here's a block of code that does this thing. It's more like saying, look, we've made this thing possible that, that people wanted to do in Space Sims and we're doing it now, so other companies have to hit that bar. So they're driving development even if they're not selling technology. So. You know, I think that what they're doing is going to benefit the whole industry, if that's really the point we're talking about. And, and there's some bits of things that they develop that's not based in the code, like of Lumberyard and stuff, that they could probably, you know, editing tool. The, a lot of the stuff that they've created are the tools to make the game. Yeah, but it calls so all the stuff in CryEngine. Right, but I think I, I, I'm... But still, there's still tools that they probably could um, put license in. Unless, like Sarah says, it rises to the level of a suite, right? right. Like if it's a CryEngine dev well, yeah, you that... know, environment or something. I mean, I, 
And again, extricating that from the Crytek license, the Crytek engine, would be a uh, would be a legal and logistical feat of epic proportions. Even if the two of them okay. weren't already well, each other's throats, I wasn't currently. picking on. I, I know they're doing lumberyard, and and it's 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 CryEngine. It's I mean lumberyard is CryEngine. Okay, it's I and Crytek or Crytek gave Amazon the rights to CryEngine that they could market and distribute as lumberyard as they saw fit. I sincerely doubt that that gave Amazon ownership of the Cry Engine. Okay. To the extent, I, I, Sarah's hundred percent right on on that, and and she even brings it further to say, people don't want to try that kind of stuff because, and we saw this in Star Trek Online recently with their uh, them abandoning abandoning the Foundry, and they also abandoned the XMPP client. You know, unless you these unless if you lose talent. Or if you can't attract the talent to use third-party stuff or stuff that you brought in from the outside, you lose the ability to use that stuff. And I, nobody wants to take a chance on that, especially if, they, if you base your game on it or you base your development cycle on it. So I agree with, uh, with with Sarah on this stuff. And I have to point out that, Ken, we still had to cut your feedback down. And, and we have some statistics from uh, uh, EditBot. EditBot ran a diff on your posts, Ken, and he posted a reports to that. So your submission at 4, uh, 49 a.m., I think that's probably like Greenwich Mean Time or something like that. I don't think you're actually up at 5 o'clock in the morning writing this. Um, the, the, four, the, the first version was two pages, 1,017 words, uh, 17 paragraphs, 60 lines. Uh, your second version, uh, which... Shiv put in the feedback, and then I further cut it, cut down. Was still two pages, eight hundred and six words, fourteen paragraphs for a twenty percent reduction uh, in words and a twenty percent production uh, reduction in lines. So I just uh, he further comes up with uh, hashtag Tony is right uh, on that. So so uh, edit bot uh, distilled your your two versions to, to hashtag Tony is right, and I can't help but feel that that's one hundred percent correct. Right, guys? Okay. If you say so. <laughs> I, I sense that we should just go to community questions. Do you think the roadmaps are still helpful? What changes should they make, if any, to make them more helpful? What do you think about the arcs? And otherwise, how is the show? Should we buff our time currency earn rate or maybe just go find a nice dark cave and think about our roadmaps? In any event, drop us an email, a tweet, or comment on our show post, which you can find on our website, and look us up on Discord. And that brings us to the end of episode 275 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 276 on September 24th, 2019, so be sure to keep an ear out for our shows over at GuardFrequency.com. We want to thank the entire team at Guard Frequency and the Priority One Network. Thanks to our community manager, Justin Chivalry Bean Lowmaster, our artist, Ben Multiverse Problems Sanders, and of course, our audio architects, Mikey Lennon and Bill Hardy. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit RonaldJenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If no one's listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust.
That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, guard frequency is not a one-way right, conversation. You, I'm going to stop you right there. I'm going to stop you right there. Remember what I just like said a second ago? This is where we get our energy up, where we knock the, knock the rust off. That's right, Tony. That's right, Tony. Come on, hit, hit me uh, with it. Hit me with it. Hit me with it. <clears throat> That's right, Tony. Remember, folks, guard frequency is not a one-way conversation. We welcome your comments over at guard... Yeah, now you gotta start over because of that. <laughs> Yay, we're screwing up the intro. We're gonna have a great show. Is that too if much energy? Lo- that's good. That's good. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm looking for. Now, if we could all put in just a little bit of Tony's a dick in there, that all that would spice it up just just perfect. I I do just a, just I do just all the Tony is a dick just just stuff. a sprinkle. You always need just a sprinkle. <laughs> it's good. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to our shows. Did I get am I in the, am I in the right spot there? Yes, yeah. I this is going to be a great show. This We're is going right. to be a fantastic show. Why are yeah. you ducking down, Tony? I mean, I'm not throwing things at you yet. <laughs> yet. I'm ducking on the internet. I'm flustered by all this. No. Audacious Alion. Yeah, Audacious Alion. Agronomists and economists were surprised at the impact on supplies and the prices... Look at it this way. You get another chance to say agronomist. <laughs> did we actually read Shiv's joke, or did you just talk about it for a second? He read it. Huh? I feel like we didn't read it. Did we read it? Yes. Did I read the sum say? Of course I read the sum say. I just felt like we talked about it for a second. No, okay. no, you just blanked it out. You just blocked yeah. it out. They just, Dude, just, I just, totally yeah. was like passing out in the last <laughs> segment. I was, I'm so exhausted today. All right. I'm still just like glowing because I was like compared to Gandalf. Thought that was great the, you, feedback. You know, that was cool feedback. Yeah, wasn't that? I mean, I got the Abraham Lincoln thing a little while ago, yeah, right? Great. You know, I mean, it's you know, it's nice. It's a nice thing. <laughs> it's, it's you know, clown, clown cool. Bobo is you know he's he's a wordsmith. That clown Bobo is. Well, you know, when you get the ultimate comparison is when you get compared to the immortal one. Oh, oh, sure. Right. There you go. That's why Jeff is incomparable. So Clown Bobo doesn't have to compare Jeff to anybody because he's incomparable. (laughs) It's it's a good point. It's a good point. Give me that paint job.